Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, a show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that, Brian. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. All the fine people here at the Puget Sound. We really enjoy having you along with us here every week on the radio because we have some great, sincere, and actionable ideas that'll help you get to and through retirement and help you grow your wealth. Before we get started, Brian, I want to remind people once again that our show, of course, is a podcast. I looked the other day, Brian, we have almost, well, between 350 and 400 podcasts up there that we have compiled over the past couple of years, and they include the little two-minute features that we do during the week. So if you'd search Brian Evans Growing Your Wealth, you're bound to find one that applies to you. And, of course, if you can't hear the show today all the way through or you want to hear it all over again, that's the place to go. Once again, search Brian Evans, Growing Your Wealth. And, again, there are a lot of great shows there, one that will apply to you, certainly. On today's show, Brian, I want to start off with uh, talking about different sources of income in retirement. But I want to start this conversation by talking about lifestyle planning. I think that's where we really got to kick off this conversation. And that really is the first step in the seven steps to successful retirement. Yeah, it is. And just a, a review, the seven steps to successful retirement, there's basically seven areas we take our clients through because we want to be a lot more than just somebody that says, um, hey, give me your money. I'll put it 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds and see you later. We don't want to be that. We want to be real financial advisors. And so the first step is a lifestyle plan. I'll come back to that. The second step is a growth plan to grow your assets. The third is a protection plan, obviously, to to make sure they don't go the wrong direction. A tax plan is the fourth. Fifth is a health care plan. Sixth is a gifting plan. And essentially, that's gifting while you're alive. And seven is a legacy plan. What happens to your assets when you're not here anymore? So those are the seven steps to a successful retirement. We're going to be talking about the first one, a lifestyle plan today. And when we first kind of coin these terms and, and kind of what they mean and what they are, I think the other ones are pretty obvious. You know, what's a tax plan? Well, you do your tax planning or health care plan. We know what those are. What about lifestyle? Does that mean we're going to teach you how to sew or how to play pickleball or <laughs> something like that? <laughs> yeah. No, that's not it. Uh, when I think about lifestyle, Lifestyle, the primary thing I'm thinking about, since this is about seven steps to successful retirement, I would say this means cash flow in retirement. Cash flow is kind of the tool you, you, know, you, you use to live your life the way you want to live it. And so whether you have a lot of assets on your brokerage statement or not, that doesn't necessarily change your life. You know, if, it, if the statement comes in and it says you got $3 million, and the next time it says you got $3.3 million, 
Well, you probably didn't change your life. That didn't move the needle. But your lifestyle plan will be funded by cash flow. And so that's primarily what we're talking about when we're talking about a lifestyle plan and uh, how you use that money and where that money is going to come from in retirement. So this is not about being the richest investor who dies as the richest guy in the graveyard. As you said, the cash flow relates to what you do with it. And a lot of people may worship cash as sort of like a god, but this is not what we're talking about. It's about what your individual relationship is with your money and how you use it. Money is really just a tool. Yeah, it is. And there's always pros and cons and it's always multiple reasons we do things. Now, I'll never say that growing your wealth is a bad idea because that's the name of our show. Right. (laughs) Of course. I think that's a good thing. And having a growth plan is important. Having assets is is important, but it's not the end all be all. It's about balance in our world. So when we talk about cash flow, if it's just about, you know, growing your wealth and that's all there was, then you would live like a miser and just have all your money for your kids or charity someday, not spend any of it, not worry about lifestyle planning. You know, all I need is Social Security. I can buy, you know, beans and rice at Costco and I'm good to go. But I think most people want a lot more out of their life. They want some balance to enjoy some of the growth of assets they've had and converting that to cash flow. Now, when you convert it to cash flow, it's money probably you're spending. Spending money doesn't add to your balance sheet necessarily, but it may add to your lifestyle. And that's why we want to talk about lifestyle planning, even though it may fly in the face a little bit of growth planning and having more assets. That's not a bad thing. The assets are a tool. Uh, Now we're using that tool to fund our life the way we want to live it. And really, Brian, this is almost biblical. I mean, the love of money is the root of all evil. I've heard about that. So that Wall Street movie that says greed is good, I mean, (laughs) that is just not the case. I mean, that's not the way we should really think about money. Money is really just a tool to enhance your lifestyle. Would that be about right? Yeah, a smart investing is good. Greed, not so much. It is very biblical. There's there's story after story about the, the person that stored up all the grain in his barn, filled it up, mm-hmm. and retired and said, ah, I'm not going to work and I'm not going to share any of this with anybody. I'm good to go. And then he was visited that night by an angel and said, well, you're not waking up in the morning, so mm. <laughs> enjoy the next hour of your life. You're done here. And just, you know, making money, your, your God, kind of like, you know, making gods out of wood or stone or whatever. You know, of course, that that didn't work out so well for those folks <laughs> in the Bible when we read about them and where money is the, the purpose of your life. That purpose is fleeting. It's uh, what Solomon calls it, vapor. Right. Uh, it's, and everything is meaningless, like vapor. And he had all the wealth in the world times, you know, he was, I, I think, historically adjusted for inflation. He was the richest person ever to live on the planet. Really? I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. I haven't checked out the math yet, but yeah. he was the richest person ever to live. And he was kind of miserable because it didn't mean anything. He was just like, what's the point of this? You know, I'd rather just come home to a nice meal and spend time with my family. And, and, you know, that that'd make me rich owning, you know, 25,000 chariots and having 700 wives and and mountains and mountains of gold uh, just didn't move his needle anymore. And. You know, you can see that in people. If, mm-hmm. if uh, you know, all of us know some people probably in our life that made uh, money their god, and in the end, it doesn't. You know, it's just like having a big pile of tools. I mean, right. So what? I needed some of them during my lifetime. I didn't need all of them. 
And so it is something to examine. Uh, we talk about what's your relationship with money. Do you see it in a way you want to see it? Now, I'm not on here to judge anybody. I don't judge anybody when they come in. None of my advisors do. But I think it's important just to have the conversation about what is your relationship with money? And are you living the life you want to live? And if you're not, is there something we can do to make it better? Often that's, well, I could use some more cash flow so I could do some things I want to do. Great. Okay, let's solve for that. And so that is what we're talking about with lifestyle planning. So it's not how much money you have. It's what you do with it. And define rich, Brian. I mean, as you said, it's not about the money. A lot of people that you have met who are very, very wealthy, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, we've had discussions about this, that you have met some very wealthy people monetarily who are just not happy at all. Oh, yeah. That's all the time. And I I don't think having money or or not having a lot of money has much of a correlation to happiness. You know, if if it's 60 percent of rich people are happy and 60 percent of people with a million dollars in their portfolio are probably happy, too. You know, and and so it's it's not really correlated to that. It's correlated to have you spent the time analyzing the balance in your lifetime and making proactive steps to make sure that all the aspects of your life are where you want them to be. And, you know, I don't think that's ever a bad idea. And our process is here, again, taking our, our clients through all seven steps, you know, even like healthcare. Do you have your healthcare directive? Is it up to date? What about long-term care? What's your plan for that if you need it? What about Medicare? Are you going to pick the right one? Are you, a Medicare supplement is that in your financial? financial plan, you know, what are our what if scenarios? We run through that with you to make sure, okay, we can check that box off and you don't have to stress about that, not knowing about the unknown because you haven't thought about it. Next, you know, we'll go to the next step, the next step, the next step. We're taking this extra time. We don't get paid more because we're taking everybody through this to do it right, to be the best financial advisor we can be for our clients. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs, and we're talking about cash flow in retirement. The first is a lifestyle plan, and that is the first of the seven financial routes to sustain wealth in our book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. I want to take this opportunity, Brian, to remind people to go to Madrona financial.com and there you're going to see a get started button towards the top of the page and that is the first step to begin the conversation to get your rooted wealth analysis what is your rooted wealth analysis well that will analyze whether or not your financial roots are deep enough to sustain you during the next financial storm we're in a storm right now the forecast is for many more storms in the future and we see those trees on their sides all the time brian really shallow roots and just think about that as your financial portfolio if it doesn't have deep enough roots, it could be toppled over by any sort of financial storm. So once again, go to madronafinancial.com, click on the Get Started button, and when you do that, you're going to fill out just a few questions there, and it will determine whether or not your roots are deep enough to sustain your retirement for 30, 35 years. It covers lifestyle planning, growth planning, protection planning, tax planning, health care planning, gift planning, and legacy planning. And the key word there, I think is planning. You've got to have a plan to get through retirement. And if you want a plan that will sustain you again for the remainder of your retirement so that you not only survive retirement, but you also thrive in retirement, it's a good idea to click on that Get Started button at madronafinancial.com. As I said, it'll only take you a couple of minutes there, and you'll be connected with an advisor who can help you deepen your financial roots so that you can have the retirement that you've always hoped that you could have. 
And while you're there, after you've clicked on the Get Started button, filled out that little form, go down about two-thirds of the way in the website there, and you can download our book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. This is a great book. This is what we're talking about today. The first step is the lifestyle plan, but the seven steps include a lifestyle plan, a growth plan, a protection plan, also a tax plan, health care plan, gift plan, and legacy plan. Once again, there's that key word plan. Doesn't cost you anything totally complimentary, so down Download your digital copy of Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement on the website. Or if you're just like me, you'd like to do a lot of things on your phone, simply text the word radio to 833-673-7373. You can download your digital copy of our book right now as we speak. You don't have to wait. Simply text RADIO to 833-673-7373 and get your digital copy. You can also use that same text number to request a hard copy of the book. We would be more than happy to send you a book out, The 7 Steps to a Successful Retirement. And also, while you're there, if you've got questions you'd like us to answer on the show, maybe something that applies to you, we would love to hear those. And also, if you've got some ideas or topics you'd like us to cover on the show, simply text it all to 833-673-7373. We would love to hear from you. Find another interesting fact I think our listeners will find interesting. Why do activities like walking or running or even showering seem to produce a high number of eureka moments, these aha moments? Well, it's because they may help you put the brain in the right state of mind to have an aha moment. Have you ever been in a shower, Brian, or doing something, maybe taking a walk? You're really not focusing on anything in particular, but it seems to me that many times the best ideas come when you're doing something that is just a pedestrian activity. Yeah, I think back when my mentors growing up, my uncle Dick, and he lives on a lake and, and he has these floor to ceiling windows and I would visit him. We'd talk for hours. I'd never look at him because we were both, we both had a chair yeah. looking out those windows, looking yeah. at the water. I wasn't looking at anything in particular, but our brain just expanded there. I mean, we just would talk about, you know, entrepreneurial things and things, you know, this is before I had a business or anything like that and about just talking there. And so fast forward now, my house has floor to ceiling windows on a lake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I sit in front of my chair, and uh, once in a while I focus on Gladys and Mabel, who always come up. These are these two ducks that always want some corn in the morning. But mm-hmm. other than that, I'm just kind of looking at the uh, at the water, just thinking, and my head is clear, and my aha moments can happen there. Yeah. So even just having a quiet place or a serene environment could be enough to really uh, have those eureka moments. And I've talked to a number of people who have written some of the most famous songs, some of the most popular songs that you've ever heard. And many times they'll say, I was doing something else completely, and it just popped in my head. I wrote this song in 15 minutes, or I wrote it in 10 minutes, that sort of thing. The late Burt Backrack, the same sort of thing. Some of the most iconic songs from him were written in 10, 15 minutes, doing something that was totally unrelated to concentrating on writing a song. So if your best thinking is done in the shower, you know, get yourself a waterproof notepad and pencil, make some notes. Because taking a shower or taking a walk, not only does it relieve stress, but it can also help you get into a different mode. Mode of thinking. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Let's get back to our conversation, Brian. And we were talking about.
about lifestyle planning here when it comes to your money. And I want to get to the next step, which is cash flow in retirement. So, Brian, where do we start in cash flow in retirement? What are the foundation pieces? Yeah, the foundational piece, obviously, uh, Social Security, most people have that. So that can be a foundational piece. And I would say uh, probably a majority, more than half the people in the country, that is their primary source of cash flow in retirement. That, unfortunately, that's just how it is. And and so a lot of people, that's what they're looking at. Pensions certainly are on that list. I don't see as many of those as I used to. <laughs> there are not a lot of companies that have pensions anymore. So what else? What else is there uh, besides that? And so that's where we start looking into other areas. Uh, probably the most common area that I see outside of Social Security and pension would be rentals, real estate, where people bought single family houses or other kind of rentals and they're getting some rent income from that. So one of the things though I, I've noticed more and more lately, and here's the scenario, I've, I've done it a hundred times. I said, okay, what's your rate of return on your rental? And they say, oh, it's really good. It's about 10%. So I'm just throwing an example out there. I said, okay, well, how did you compute that? Well, I get $10,000 a year and I divide that with by what I paid for it. I paid a hundred grand for it. And so that's 10%. I said, well, that is not how we re- compute return on investment. What about after expenses? And they go, oh, yeah, okay, well, it's maybe 7% then. I, I get you know 7,000 after expenses. So, okay, what's it worth now? Well, it went way up. It's worth 700,000 now. I said, well, you're getting 7,000 after expenses. It's worth 700. Your rate of return is 1%, not 10. What? No, what? And you're, oh, yeah, you're right. It's it's 1%. And I'm like, you could literally could sell that and do a DST or or even if you paid the tax and put the net into a, a fixed annuity or a long-term CD, your income would go way up just by doing that. And and so that's one of the things that they, they realize, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't raised rent in 10 years. It's getting old. There's a lot of expenses, a lot of repairs. Uh, there's repairs coming up. So really, I'm not even making any money because everything I get, I end up putting back into a new roof or, or an elevator if it's an office building or an HVAC system or some kind of water damage every time I have a, have a heavy storm or whatever. And so once they analyze that, they go, you know, you're right. My cash flow isn't very good for my rentals. Mm-hmm. And so we can come up with a plan for that to move into the next thing. Another area of cash flow would be annuities. This is where many of my clients, we place a percentage of their retirement investments into them to create a guaranteed cash flow for life. And so this, it's I, I can't call it a pension, but it has pension-like attributes. Brian, you said pension-like attributes. What are those attributes? Yeah, the the attributes that are similar, and there's actually some that are better than pensions. So I think of pensions and Social Security kind of the same, that you get a monthly check with many pensions, so it's flat for life. Some annuities are flat for life. Social Security increases over your lifetime. Some annuities can increase over your lifetime. Uh, When you pass away, if you're, let's just say it's a single person, a single person passes away, Social Security is no longer worth anything, and your pension is no longer worth anything. With a fixed index annuity that has a guaranteed lifetime cash flow, it will stop paying that. However, if you still have an account balance that you haven't used up, what you put into it plus any earnings minus what you've taken out, your heirs can get that back. Sometimes they can get that back with additional money. It's kind of like a free life insurance aspect of it if you die prematurely. So the annuities actually have benefits that Social Security and pensions do not. 
And so there, there's, uh, again, access to money if you die prematurely, which is one of the best ones. So when I place somebody in a annuity paying cash flow for life, I have typically done that with the ones that can offer increasing cash flow for life because of this thing called inflation. Now, I've been doing this for years and years and years, even though we didn't have inflation to speak of. But, you know, I was around when we did and back in the 80s and 70s and 80s. And so I remember that. And so I always put my clients into that, just knowing that it can happen. It did. So now I'm looking back going, boy, I'm sure glad we decided to pick the annuities that have increasing lifetime cash flow. Many people that put clients into annuities do not pick those. They pick the flat annuities because it looks better in the early, the first seven to 10 years. And it looks better on paper. They think it increases their ability to sell that annuity. And, um, you know, I'd like to just get more real with my clients saying, well, yeah, that's a, that's the case, but these are designed to take care of your, you and your older age. That's what they're for. And so, uh, they can be a great tool to provide for cash flow to help your lifestyle in your retirement. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CP. And we're talking about cash flow in retirement. And Brian, Social Security, that's a given. Not a lot of people have pensions. Certainly we have pension alternatives, but we've been talking about annuities here. Now, some people do not like annuities for one reason or another. Why would someone not do an annuity to create cash flow in retirement? Because they've been manipulated by advertisements. <laughs> because if I go to you and I say to somebody that has Social Security or pension, and I'll say, do you hate your Social Security checks? And like, well, no, I don't hate them. Why Why would I? They come in every month. They go up over time. Yeah. They never run out. I say, well, you just explained it an annuity. Oh, but I hate annuities. Uh, yeah. Why? Um, because I don't know. I just hate them. I go, well, that's because that's what the advertising tells you to from the company that doesn't sell annuities and puts all of your money in the stock market. You've been brainwashed. Now, had you put all, yeah, you've been brainwashed. Had you put in all your money in the stock market, how would you feel today? Given 2022 was a disaster in the yeah. stock market. They go, not very good. <laughs> well, then I think, do I, am I going to tell you I hate the stock market and you should too? No, <laughs> there's a place in the stock market. There's a place for annuities, that place may be 0% of your portfolio. It may be 40%. We won't know until we do a, a, a lifestyle plan to solve for your cash flow and a full financial plan. But I don't hate a tool. And, and my It's a great analogy using the toolbox again. Right. Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, do you hate hammers? No, no, but, but, but they have a place. <laughs> but you may not need it to cut that board. Right. You hate it for cutting boards, but sure. it's not a bad thing. It's just a hammer. It, it is what it is. Yeah. And so annuities are much like Social Security, but with additional benefits. And so why would I hate that? That doesn't make any sense at all other than we've been brainwashed by advertising. So anytime somebody says, I hate annuities, I know where they got it. I know the person mm-hmm. who, who wrote the check. I know his name for the advertisement that says, I hate annuities and you should too. We're talking with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial and CPAs. We're talking about cash flow in retirement here on our program, Growing Your Wealth. We're certainly glad you could join us. Once again, want to remind you that our show is a podcast. Go to wherever you get your podcast. If you've joined us late and search Brian Evans Growing Your Wealth and you'll find this show right there. Before we take our break here, I want to remind people once again to go out to our website 
website, which is madronafinancial.com. There you can begin your conversation about how deep your financial roots are. We call it the Rooted Wealth Analysis. Just click on the Get Started button, and when you do that, you will answer a few short questions to get that conversation started so that during the next financial storm, even the one that we're in right now, your financial roots will be deep enough to sustain you. And the roots that make up that Rooted Wealth Analysis include a lifestyle plan, a growth plan, protection plan, tax plan, health care plan, gift plan, and a legacy plan. Again, it's not going to take you but a couple of minutes to do that. So click on the Get Started button to get the conversation started about your rooted wealth analysis. And while you're on the website, be sure to download our book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. It is a digital download. And if you'd like to text us on your phone, get it right now as we speak. You can do that by texting RADIO to 833-673-7373. Radio to 833-673-7373. And while you're there, give us some feedback about the show. Maybe some questions you'd like us to answer or topics you would like us to discuss. Again, that text number 833-673-7373. Want more strategies that can help support the quality of life you want for 30 plus years? Well, stick around. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth. Looking for safer investments? Wish you had a bond alternative? There are many alternative options out there that you may or may not be familiar with. Each has its own benefits and detriments. Not all products make sense for all investors. That's why it's so important to know what's available to you and then have an open discussion with CPAs and advisors who can help you see the big picture. That's why if you work with Madrona Financial and the team of CPAs and advisors, you'll get the good, the bad, and the ugly of each investment option so you can make the right decision for you and your wealth. Madrona Financial takes its fiduciary responsibility seriously and wants to provide you with as many options as possible that are in your best interest. Consider working with the CPAs and advisors at Madrona Financial and see what you're missing. Go to madronafinancial.com and get started for free today. That's madronafinancial.com. And now here's Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial Services. Here's Brian Evans. For many people, they'll be visiting their CPA soon to get their taxes done. Now, a lot of people think that their CPA and their financial advisor work closely together or that their CPA is maybe someone they can turn to for investment advice. One of the issues with that, it's not that CPAs do not want to help you with their your investments. I know that when I was just a CPA uh, back when, before I was licensed, I really did did want to talk to my clients, but I wasn't allowed to. I was not allowed to give specific investment advice. That was a legality because I wasn't registered at the time as a registered investment advisor e-rep, and so I couldn't do it. Uh, another thing was my focus as a CPA was kind of looking through the rearview mirror. I was looking at last year, year before, doing those returns, making sure those numbers were right and all of that. It was not looking through the windshield. I was not doing projections for my clients, uh, looking you know, 10, 20, 30 years into the future. Future. That just wasn't the focus. And since I wasn't licensed, you know, let's say 25, 30 years ago, I wasn't really current on the products and the different investment options, and I wasn't well-versed in that. So most CPAs probably would put themselves in that boat. That's not what they do. They're not licensed to do it. Even if they knew all the stuff about all the products, they, they couldn't really offer that as a suggestion. So that's why 20-plus years ago I got licensed. So when you're talking about your investments with your CPA, understand that they probably 
probably are not licensed to even give that advice. And so working with someone like Madrona Financial can really help that CPA. We speak the same language because we're also CPAs. Even the mightiest of trees can be blown over if they don't have strong enough roots. The same is true with your investment plan. Can your plan withstand a financial storm? Go to madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button to request your rooted wealth analysis. You can also click on the chat button and ask us anything. We have a searchable library with answers to your questions. Visit madronafinancial.com. Tired of only getting half the story? That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about lifestyle planning as it relates to retirement income generators. And Brian, in the last segment, we were talking about annuities as an answer to cash flow in retirement. And really, it occurred to me that annuities really sort of point back to two of the seven steps to successful retirement, the seven financial routes to sustain your wealth. And that is a lifestyle plan and a protection plan. How do annuities relate to those two subjects? Yeah, I like tying this back to the book on the, what we're talking about today because, again, you know, we were addressing the people come in and say, I hate annuities because they see the ads that say that. And I'm going, okay, well, you hate a good lifestyle then, right? Because stock market investing, which is what the people that are trying to get you to hate annuities are trying to get you to do, put all your money in the market. Most stock market investments don't generate much cash flow, and cash flow is the key to our lifestyle plan. Additionally, our third route is about security. Mm -hmm. Stock markets and security are kind of a little oil and water. (laughs) They're not the same thing. You don't get security by putting your money in the stock market. Everybody knows that. Everybody has been in the market in 2008, 2001, 2003, 2022, whatever. You know the markets do not add to a whole lot of security. And so basically somebody says, I hate annuities. They're a primary tool we use to provide a better lifestyle and better security within a portfolio. The second step is growth. That's where we use stock market type investments. And that's fine. It has its place too. But to say I hate lifestyle, you know, say I hate annuities is basically saying, yeah, yeah, I hate cash flow and retirement. I hate security. And most of my clients won't say that. (laughs) They don't say anything like that. In fact, when I ask them to rate these three, which, you know, they're all important. I want growth. I want security. I want cash flow, which is the most important very often. They will say lifestyle, Mm -hmm. the cash flow first. Second is security. I made enough money to retire comfortably. I don't want to mess that up. Third is I wouldn't mind some growth, but I'm okay with what I have. So they would make that one third. So it is a component, but to knock annuities out of the equation uh, doesn't make sense to me because, again, those are a primary tool to take care of two of the first three of the seven routes to a successful retirement. So, Brian, we've talked about pensions being an important part of cash flow and retirement. Not a lot of people have those these days, so we're looking for pension alternatives. Of course, Social Security many times is the bedrock, and possibly an annuity may be right for you. What are some of the other alternative retirement income generators? Yeah, aside from rental houses, which uh, very often we're converting any investment real estate to Delaware Statutory Trust using 1031 exchanges for our people in retirement that don't want to be landlords anymore. So they're able to obviously sell their, their real estate, do a 1031 exchange. 
into passive real estate, which we would help you do through a Delaware Statutory Trust. I have calls every week from people saying, you know, it's not terrible being, you know, owning this property. I have a property manager. Right. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. I don't want to, I'm just ready to move on. I want to be really retired. My friends are retired. They don't think about their old job anymore, and I can't really get away because I'm worried, you know, what if we have a big storm coming, and, you know, do I need to do something with my property? What if a tenant moves? What if I need a new, you know, expenses? So we've been doing a lot of that. But uh, real estate, when they go into a DST, or even if you don't have investment real estate, we tend to make uh, alternative investments in real estate for many of our clients. And what that looks like is private non-traded equity funds, real estate equity funds. Uh, it could be private non-traded debt funds. So what are those? Right. Well, private non-traded equity fund is where we would purchase a particular type of asset, a real estate asset managed by someone else in a way that's not on the publicly traded markets. And why is that important? Well, last year, the index of all real estate, the Vanguard Real Estate Index of REITs, lost over 28%. Think about that. 28% wow. in 12 wow. months. Hmm. So you think, well, Brian, you're crazy. Why are you talking about REITs? Well, I'm not talking about publicly traded REITs. We do not want to own publicly traded REITs when they're too liquid. And, and you think, well, isn't liquidity always good? No, it's not when it comes to real estate. So think about this, when the market dropped and people said, yeah, I'm selling, and they say, all right, Vanguard, cash me out, and Vanguard's going, well, everybody's trying to cash out, you know, a lot of billions of dollars are trying to cash out of this fund, we don't have the liquidity. So how do you turn real estate liquid in three days? <laughs> you don't. No, you can't. Uh, Houston, we got a problem. I don't even know how they do it. I'm, I'm not that smart. I'm a pretty smart guy. I don't even know how they do that. But with private non-traded equity REITs, there's limitations on how much liquidity every quarter. And you know, oh, limitation, that's bad, right? No, that's a good thing. We don't have to fire sale the real estate within the fund or the fund manager doesn't. And so what happened is most of the private non-traded equity REITs in 2022 that I track, virtually all of them, went up in value. They did not lose 28% like the publicly traded REITs. They went up in value. This is part of the vetting process. Now, within that area, there's all different classifications of real estate. Some do better than others in an inflationary, potentially recessionary environment where mortgage rates are up. Some do very well, and given that environment, even better than they would outside of that environment. So understanding how that can can work to your benefit and not just buying REITs. I mean, there's too many classifications or, you know, so I saw really good results from DSTs, mm-hmm. opportunity zones, private non-traded equity REITs. And then conversely, I also mentioned private non-traded debt REITs. And why am I talking about these? Because they all deliver, can deliver very nice cash flow and uh, much higher than you can get from other investments, typically, especially stock market investments or even bond investments. So what is a private non-traded debt REIT? Well, companies want to borrow money to expand or to merge with other companies and so forth, and they can't just go to the bank and apply for a $200 million loan and so forth. That market kind of dried up post-2008. And so now they do it through private funds, like private non-traded debt REITs. 
Now, why would they go to private funds? Because they're having to pay a high interest rate. These rates are pretty high. They might be prime plus five, prime plus six, prime plus seven. And so the reason they, these companies do that is because they're okay with that as long as it's for a time period. And the only other way they have access to funds is going through private placements and seed money and, and so forth from private parties that want ownership. And so these companies don't want to give up ownership, but they're willing to pay high interest rates. So there are debt REITs out there that combine many, many, many highly secured loans. So you're essentially being the bank here. Uh, you're collecting interest from a wide variety of, of different companies at a much higher than market rate interest rate. So there's another way we can create cash flow in retirement. Now, all of these things I'm talking about, you cannot do on your own. It's not my fault. Right. <laughs> you're not allowed to. You have to go through a licensed financial advisor to get a Delaware statutory trust or opportunity zone or private non-traded equity read or private non-traded debt read, all of these things that can be really nice alternative investments, you can't get on your own. And even if you're working with a financial advisor, my experience is that a vast majority of them do not operate in this sphere. And even if they do, they, they may not know the vetting process necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I grew up as a, you know, I'm a CPA. I right. used to be an auditor for, for a living. <laughs> I know how to read an audited financial statement. So, yeah. you know, we can vet these things uh, at a very high level. And as you said, Brian, people cannot take advantage of DSTs, Delaware Statutory Trust, Opportunity Zones, a lot of these financial products. They can't do them on their own. They need a financial advisor to do it for them. And I'm surprised, Brian, people who are financial advisors that I've spoken to other than you, you say DST to them or OZ. They have no idea even what those are. Yeah, OZ, is that a movie? (laughs) It's the Wizard of OZ. Remember that one? It had Dorothy in there? Uh (laughs) We're not in Kansas anymore. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I had an attorney. He heard from one of my prospects. I was talking DSTs with him, and the attorney called me up to read me out, telling me I was committing malpractice. He was going to report me to the SEC. I was a snake oil salesman, on and on and on. And then he mentioned uh, how four, Section 456 just doesn't uh, allow for the step-up in basis. I'm like, wait, 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 you just told me the code section for deferred sales trusts. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, DST. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, well, with all due respect, Mr. Attorney, wrong DST. Right. He's like, oh, gulp. Gulp. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what one are you talking about? Uh, Revenue ruling 2004-86 of the Delaware Statutory Trust as it relates to Section 1031 exchanges. That one. Yeah. He's like. Oh, Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> so was- you just caught him not knowing his business completely. I think he had good intentions, but he just didn't know what a DST is. And again, DST, passive real estate. If you're an active landlord and you're tired of toilets, tenants, and trash, but you still want to own real estate, that's where a DST could come in because you're a fractional owner of real estate that is professionally managed by someone else. But again, I always make this caveat, Brian, that there is a particular process that you must go through or you will blow the DST. When is the right time for someone to contact you about a DST? Is it after they've sold their real estate and they have the money in their bank? Oh, nice setup, Jeff. Absolutely not. <laughs> Good job. All right. Do not put the money in your bank account. I'm the, uh, I'm the straight man us. here. I'm the straight man. Oh, on yes, this. you are. 
Well, we will still have that conversation if you've done that, but we'll be talking about opportunity zones. Right. Because you still have six months after the you've gotten the money for one of those, but you can't do a Delaware statutory trust anymore. So the best time to call is now because you're thinking about it, even if, even if you are thinking about you own commercial real estate or investment real estate and aren't even planning on selling it today. Maybe you're thinking about selling it in a couple years or longer. Have that discussion with us. Understand what it is. Planning is always a good thing. Thinking through the, the scenarios is always a good thing. You don't have to wait to the last minute. And you're not wasting our time. You, you tell us, look, I'm not probably going to sell for five years. Great. We're still going to be around in five years. <laughs> when, you know, and, and we're happy to talk to you, give you some resources. I have lots of videos I've recorded. I've got webinars recorded, uh, short ones, long ones, middle-sized ones, articles, Kiplinger articles, you name it. Radio shows, we've got it on the Delaware session. Trust. So feel free to, to reach out to us if you have investment real estate, just to know what your options may be someday. So we can uh, you can put that on your radar. We're talking with Brian Evans about cash flow in retirement, and we talked about pensions and Social Security. We talked about annuities. Right now, we're focusing on real estate and passive real estate. Brian, you mentioned that you do vetting of passive real estate. How does that work, and what are you looking for? Yeah, we have a a multi tiered process of vetting all of the alternative investments and the Delaware Statutory Trust, et cetera. And we've done a significant amount of these, more than probably most or all other advisors held to the fiduciary standard in the country is what I'm told. And so we have a dedicated staff to this. Uh, we go to, uh, they'll often put on seminars where we'll fly out and learn inside their products. Now, generally, like a Delaware Statutory Trust, they'll come out with a prospectus that's over 200 pages. Okay. So there's a lot of information in there. Uh, some of it uh, we need, some we don't. But we'll put that into our processes and so forth. And a lot of it's just experience because, you know, I can read something on a paper and go, okay, I see how you made a case for a shopping center in Chicago or whatever. Well, I don't like shopping centers and I don't want to invest in Illinois. So I'm <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to kick that one out, even though, boy, you seem to make a good case for it. Sometimes uh, common sense or experience tells us who we should go with, or very often we'll be looking at a, a sponsor's product and go, huh, your track history stinks, or you don't have an exit strategy, or your internal expenses are too high, or something, you know, and, and we can try and vet for that so that we don't put our clients into something we wouldn't put our own money into. Our program is called Growing Your Wealth. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs, and we're talking about cash flow in retirement today. Of course, Social Security, pensions. We talked about annuities. We've talked about alternative investments such as real estate. And by the way, once again, we're a podcast. If you've just joined us, you want to hear the first part of the show, simply go to wherever you get your podcast. Search Growing Your Wealth, Brian Evans, and you'll find this show posted right there. We're going to continue our conversation in a moment, Brian. But before we get back to our program, does this sound familiar, you people listening to us today? I'm not sure when or how I can retire comfortably. I'm stuck because I don't want to pay the big tax bill. The market negativity affects my mood. I don't know the right questions to ask. My spouse says we're fine, but I'm still unsure. Well, if you answered yes to any of these statements, then the Rooted Wealth Plan might be just right for you. What is the Rooted Wealth Plan? Well, the plan checks how deep your financial roots are. And again, we've used the analogies of those trees lying 
lying on their sides with a shallow roots. How deep are your financial roots? Will they sustain you during the next financial storm? Well, if you're unsure if they will, simply go to madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button to begin your conversation about your rooted wealth analysis and start your journey to get peace of mind. There are only a few questions that you need to answer there. You'll be connected with an advisor who, again, will get back to you and analyze how deep your financial roots are. And those roots would involve a lifestyle plan, a growth plan, a protection plan, tax planning, health care planning, gift planning, and legacy planning. They are really the seven steps to a successful retirement. And that is the title of the book that we have out right now and that we refer to often during our program. If you would like to have this book, it's very simple. Go to madronafinancial.com, scroll about two-thirds of the way down the website. You can download your digital copy of The Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. You can do it right now if you like or if you're out someplace, you're away from your computer. You know, your telephone's a great computer. If you want to get that book right now while you're thinking about it, simply text RADIO to 833-673-7373. That's RADIO to 833-673-7373 to get your digital copy of The Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. I think you will find this book to be so entertaining, so enlightening, and I think it'll be probably one of the best easy reads that you'll do this year. If you want a hard copy of the book, you can also text 833-673-7373 and say, send me my hard copy. Be sure to uh, give us your name and your address so we can get that out to you. And by the way, if you've got questions that you want answered about your financial plan, maybe some things you want us to talk about on the air, again, text those to 833-673-7373. It's sort of your portal to communicating with us at Madrona Financial. And there is someone who is monitoring this really almost 24 hours a day. Someone is standing by today who can respond to your request. So once again, seven steps to a successful retirement. Text radio to 833-673-7373. And while you're on the website, click on the Get Started button to analyze how deep your financial roots are. Brian, we're going to continue our discussion about cash flow in retirement. But again, another interesting fact. I love these things. I've been searching for them lately because they're so useful to people. But this is the fact that people with friends, not relatives necessarily, but friends live longer. People with active social networks and close friends that they talk to live longer than people who rely only on family. And this is according to researchers who have done it at Michigan State University. Do you find, Brian, that people that you meet who have an active social network actually are happier and live longer? Well, I, I would suspect so. I mean, common sense would tell us the more balance we have in our life, the better our life is. And so we talk about balance all the time and planning to have balance. And so this is just another aspect of that. So absolutely, the more you have of that, totally makes sense that that would be the case, that it's more than just family. And frankly, family can drive us crazy. Oh, yeah. Now and then. <laughs> yeah, we were sitting, it's kind of funny. We were sitting around, uh, we had a staff meeting and what are you thankful for? We went around the room and yeah. and it occurred to me when we got the end a little bit more than half of them were thankful they were able to spend more time over the holidays with their loved ones and a little over a third of them said uh, I'm thankful that I got a break from spending time with my loved ones <laughs> yeah and it was kind of you know I think, I think we need both we need time with them and time away yeah and that time away can be spent with a different group of people yeah that's interesting I was reading something uh, last Thanksgiving about people who are single people and maybe they live in different parts of the country because 
because they've left home for their jobs. And many of them said, I don't want to go home for Thanksgiving. I don't want to go home for Christmas or New Year's. I want to just focus on me. So there is a new trend. And, you know, family, as you said, they can be a little annoying. But, you know, your friends, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. And it's interesting that this study indicated that, you know, if you are spending time with friends, your coronary arteries are clearer. Your stomach functions better. Your insulin regulation is better. Your immune system functions better. In addition, caring behaviors have been found to release stress-reducing hormones. So if you don't have a lot of friends, make a few friends. Have a cup of coffee now and again. So whenever possible, seek out other people who are not members of your family. Make some friends because it will do your body good, even if it's just for a cup of coffee. Brian, let's get back to our show now talking about cash flow in retirement. We've talked about pensions, Social Security, annuities. We've talked about real estate. What about lazy money, Brian? I mean, there's a lot of money that people may have in bank accounts that are just not performing the way that they should, and we need to wake those up. Absolutely. There is a ton of lazy money out there, and there always has been. What do we mean by lazy money? That's where you have a significant amount of cash or cash equivalents that does not have an intended purpose in the next several years. It's just money that you don't want to have at risk. But, you know, if if it's money you need for a new roof in six months, that's not what I'm talking about. If it's money you need for a new car in a year, that's not money I'm talking about. I'm talking about money you don't need for a couple years at least that is sitting there. And what I'm hearing over and over is, is not earning much. Do you have something better? Now, his Historically, the last several years, many years, generally speaking, I a little bit better, but not much better, kind of was my response, and there wasn't a whole lot of great alternatives. Well, now there are really good alternatives out there for the first time, and that's a byproduct of inflation, frankly. Um, not everything is terrible. Inflation is generally a very bad thing for many reasons, but one of the things for people with big cash accounts that are buying fixed annuities right now or longer-term CDs, they're going, huh, well, I don't spend a lot of my income anyway, but I went from making virtually nothing on my investments in these cash equivalents to making decent money. So I had a a call just this last week and it was a client of mine. He says, well, I've been sitting on a money market account and I've got three quarters of a million dollars in there. And I just figured out that I'm earning $30 a year. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> so can you do any better than that? And I said, well, yeah, with zero risk, uh, you'd be making over forty grand a year. And he was like, well, I'm not the best mathematician, but I'm pretty sure 40000 sounds a whole <laughs> lot better than thirty. Yeah, you <laughs> said, bet. Well, I said, well, your math is good enough. Good enough. For, for this, uh, <laughs> solving this equation. And he said, let's do this. And so um, there is a lot of people, another person I was talking to or I was looking at their stuff and I said, well, I see you have a high yield savings account at this bank. And yep, high yield. And you got 1.1 million in there. Yep. And I said, well, let's look at the yield. Oh, a whopping 0.3. Wow. And that's high yield. Uh, they on. called it high yield. Truth in advertising? I think we may be running afoul here a little bit. Well, you know, you can call it a, What's a your definition? object a, a circle. <laughs> and, and over and over, it's still yeah. a triangle. Right. So, What's like, your definition high of high yield? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't mine because that person was making $3,300 a year. Mm-hmm. And they could be making close to fifty grand a year with the same risk profile. Zero. And I'm like, well, 
I think we got some widget chop here. It's not that hard to fix. So lazy money is out there. And so I, I encourage anybody listening to say, is there money that I don't want invested in long-term in, in stock market or real estate or whatever? I just want it to be safe in a cash equivalent. Is there money sitting there that's not earning what it could be earning in today's environment? And, you know, checking accounts don't pay anything. Money markets pay very little. High yield savings or checking evidently don't pay very well either because <laughs> yeah. we don't use that term right short-term cds a little bit more uh, longer-term cds a little bit more t-bills a little bit more but at the top of the i would say the top of the uh secure money is a fixed annuity they would pay uh, potentially pay more than any of those other areas i just mentioned so that's what we help people do now here's an interesting uh, component of that because people the first thing they say is well can we do something short term because i don't want to tie it up i'm like why is that you just told me you don't need it. Well, I, you know, I thought we wanted to be liquid all the time. I said, well, liquidity is not necessarily your friend. So let's say, because I, as I mentioned, it, it wasn't your friend for real estate. Conversely, it can be uh, not your friend for this. And what I mean by that is we know that interest rates went way up and the Fed is trying to tamp them down by pouring a bunch of cold water on the economy and probably put us in a recession. Rates can come down when demand for money drops. Rates will probably drop. We're seeing them already kind of settle back down. So you might go out and buy a really nice six-month CD and go, you know, it doesn't pay as much that fixed annuity, but that fixed annuity was five years. I don't want that. Or three years. I don't want that. I want six months. And so at the end of six months... Uh, you go, okay, let's renew that at whatever rate I had. And the bank can and likely will come to you and say, well, no, we're not paying that anymore. Now you got to drop down. Maybe your interest gets dropped in half. And you're like, well, really? I'm only going to be making a couple percent now? Yep. Uh, maybe I should have locked in to that fixed annuity. It was longer, but that can be to your benefit because when you sign up for a fixed annuity for a five-year or a three-year or a seven-year period of time, that insurance company is guaranteeing that rate for the entire time that you own it. They can't change it in six months like the bank can on a six-month CD. So locking in, if you think rates may settle down a little bit and you have lazy money, locking in a fixed annuity for a longer period of time can be to your benefit. Many of them offer some liquidity you know, up to 10% a year. And so they're not completely illiquid either. And so this can be a real good opportunity to, you know, if you had a million bucks sitting around, like I said, and, and you could convert that into whatever the amount is, 50000 a year versus very little now, that seems like a step in the right direction when you're not increasing your risk profile. We certainly have solutions for lazy money for those of you where that think that that might apply to you. Brian, just a few more minutes left in the program. I want you to talk about a sinking fund, what that is and how it applies to our conversation today. Yeah, it's kind of a term I, I'm using here. And, and what I mean by that is let's say that you've done your financial plan and you have plenty of assets and your income isn't quite what your spending is and you're you're short. Let's say you're short 20000 a year. And you say, gosh, we, we've done all these income things, but I'm not quite there. And I, I kind of like my investments. I don't want to change them up. What can we do? And I might bring up this term sinking fund. And what I mean by that is maybe they have, you know, let's say they have $4.3 million of investments. 
And I said, well, why don't we make that $4.2 million? You, you won't notice that change. We'll pull 100000 off to the side, knowing you're going to spend that over the next five years. So that trip you were worried about not being able to take every year that now you can, we'll just take twenty grand a year off to supplement the rest of your cash flow so you can live the lifestyle you want. No, it's not invested in anything awesome. Maybe you know this year would be with the CDs or a combination CD fixed annuity, shorter term, three-year. But having some money just put to the side to say, I'm going to spend this extra money maybe in my 60s, and I won't repeat it in my 80s, but I want to spend it now. Just pulling to the side and, and having that as a fund that's going to go to zero is not a terrible thing to do. We've been talking about cash flow and retirement with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. We've talked about three of the seven steps to a successful retirement here, lifestyle plan, growth plan, and protection plan. Once again, information about our firm, if you want to download the seven steps to a successful retirement, simply go to madronafinancial.com. And while you're there, click on the Get Started button to get your rooted wealth analysis. Brian, we are short on time, so I want to take this opportunity to thank you for your time. But most of all, I want to thank our fine listeners for joining us here this weekend. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. DST investments are only available to accredited investors that are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. And now here's Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial Services. Here's Brian Evans. For many people, they'll be visiting their CPA soon to get their taxes done. Now, a lot of people think that their CPA and their financial advisor work closely together or that their CPA is maybe someone they can turn to for investment advice. One of the issues with that, it's not that CPAs do not want to help you with your investments. I know that when I was just a CPA uh, back when, before I was licensed, I really did want to talk to my clients, but I wasn't allowed to. I was not allowed to give specific investment advice that was a legality because I wasn't registered at the time as a registered investment advisory rep, and so I couldn't do it. Uh, another thing was my focus as a CPA was kind of looking through the rearview mirror. I was looking at last year, year before, doing those returns, making sure those numbers were right and all of that. It was not looking through the windshield. I was not doing projections for my clients, uh, looking you know, 10, 20, 30 years into the future. That just wasn't the focus. And since I wasn't licensed, you know, let's say 25, 30 years ago, I wasn't really current on the products and the different investment options, and I wasn't well-versed in that. So most CPAs probably would put themselves in that boat. That's not what they do. They're not licensed to do it. Even if they knew all the stuff about all the products, they, they couldn't really offer that as a suggestion. So that's why 20-plus years ago I got licensed. So when you're talking about your investments with your CPA, understand that they probably 
are not licensed to even give that advice. And so working with someone like Madrona Financial can really help that CPA. We speak the same language because we're also CPAs. Even the mightiest of trees can be blown over if they don't have strong enough roots. The same is true with your investment plan. Can your plan withstand a financial storm? Go to madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button to request your rooted wealth analysis. You can also click on the chat button and ask us anything. We have a searchable library with answers to your questions. 